Hello and welcome to It's Lit, where all things literary live at the root. I'm Maisha Kai, Managing Editor of The Glow Up, and today we're joined by not one, but two guests, writers William Evans and Omar Holman. William and Omar are the co-founders of the website Black Nerd Problems, which they created in 2014. They're also both established writers and poets, William having founded the Writing Wrongs Poetry Slam and also having been a national finalist in multiple Poetry Slam competitions. Omar is a distinguished alumnus poet of Rutgers University and is the author of the poetry collection, We Were All Someone Else Yesterday. Together, Omar and William have published a new collection of essays called Black Nerd Problems. And it is a super fun, super engaging read. I loved reading their takes on blackness and comic books, television, movies, and so on, but loved even more getting to hear it in their own voice, both in their audiobook and in our conversation. These guys are so smart, so funny, and so wonderfully nerdy, and I really hope you enjoy our conversation as much as I did. So with that, I give you William Evans and Omar Holman. Omar and William, welcome to It's Lit. Hello. Thank you for having us. Yeah. Uh, this is exciting. I'm, I'm excited to talk about some Black nerd problems and, and to be welcomed into the nerddom because I think what you all have done here with this book, you know, which is based on your podcast and, and blog, like, you know, I think you've, you've kind of leveled the playing field here for us <laughs> in terms of what it means to be a nerd. <laughs> you've, you've really, you know, as you've communicated, there are levels to this. But before we dig into those levels, we do have a ritual here at It's Lit. Just like your work, this is a podcast about Black thoughts, Black books, Black thinkers. And we always like to start each episode by asking our guests, was there a book or books that was influential or particularly inspiring for you? That was like a game changer in the way that you thought about writing and ideas. What would be that book for you, Omar? Um, I think maybe two. Um, Ronald Wimberley's Prince of Cats re retells Romeo and Juliet's story from Tybalt's uh, perspective in Brooklyn. And also uh, Gary Jackson's poetry book, Missing You Metropolis, which has like a lot of like, it references a lot of like comic books and like pop culture, especially really comic books. Um, and I'm doing poetry and such a nerd and stuff. And like, <laughs> and I have friends that knew this man. And I'm like, yo, y'all, y'all know this guy and know me and then tell me about his work. I feel offended. Like, so those, <laughs> those two books were like really like, yeah, they made a whole difference. Like one and like, you know, cause uh, it's a graphic novel, Prince of Cats. So to see that in like comic books is something I love. And then to see like a poetry guy, a uh, poet, doing something that I was doing at the time um, or do whatever uh, <laughs> to see those like these two dudes influence uh, these things on that scale and both using these like nerdy things that I like in literature in a way that I like. I was like, oh, like, oh, that's this. This is this is entirely different. Um, I think for me and, and it doesn't feel like it's nerd, but I, I think it, it still qualifies in that probably the first time I really started getting into reading Toni Morrison and mm. because I don't think, and, and, and granted, there, there were other books out, but for me personally, I don't think that I had a grasp on what we could do with black imagination in a, in a, in a written form. And because so many narratives were constrictive of how black people were portrayed or the interior lives of black folks, if we even got that right. 
And I think with Morrison, and you know, obviously, like for for some folks, like Octavia Butler did this, right? But um, for me, with Morrison, it was our lives depicted sometimes in a way that was outside of the realities that we encountered, and I, that was very exciting to me, just because for my own personal readership at that point, I don't think I really experienced that. So I think most of the stories I would have assumed that centered us just did not have as much imagination to them, right? And so I think for for me, it was Morrison and, and, and starting to dig into some of those books really just kind of let me know as, as you know, corny or whatever it sounds that like anything was really possible, right? Um, especially for us and for, for so many of us as writers, as Black mm-hmm. writers, the constraints that, you know, like academia or schools or whatever kind of put on ours, us and our imagination about what we should mm-hmm. be writing and what we should be caring about. Now, that is, you know, we've we've heard Morrison referenced a lot on this podcast, but I have to say, you know, I love that answer so much. I think this is actually one of the more comprehensive answers I've ever gotten about Morrison in terms of Black imagination. I think that, I think that's, um, I mean, that's a huge talking point here as well. And I love how you kind of bridge that gap. And I also, you know, love how it ties to your work here because Black nerd problems to me is all about Black imagination <laughs> and, and kind of stretching the boundaries of what we think of as Blackness per se. Because uh-huh. um, it's not just about nerddom. I mean, I'm going to, I think I might be paraphrasing a bit, but you say through nerddom, all connections are possible. And one of the things I love here, these like very direct through lines that you guys make in terms of what it means to be a a nerd and and this, you know, hilarious terminology that has morphed over time, but also what the intersectionality of nerddom and and blackness, which is something that is specific and nuanced. And, you know, I I say this as somebody who, you know, full disclosure was not familiar with the podcast prior to the book. So I really dug in and I even Uh did myself a favor and listened to the audiobook version because I wanted to hear these dynamics in play. But um, you guys met doing poetry, correct? I mean, this is how you guys came into each other's lives and and started this whole thing and and started to, pun intended, geek out (laughs) over (laughs) certain things. Um, Obviously, running a podcast together, even building something together is, is different than writing a book together. So how, how did this process unfold for you guys? I mean, I think for us, it was, the, you mean the process of writing the book itself? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, so Omar and I have been running the website for, I mean, at that point, it was probably at least five years, right? Uh, before <laughs> this book idea came about. And, you know, I've kind of said this before and that like the first time like a book idea was brought to us, it was like, for real? Like y'all want, really? A book? <laughs> um, and, you know, I think one of the things that we sat with was, okay, if we're, you know, we're, we've been approached to write a book and, and what does that mean? What would that look like? And I think, you know, even, even both of us being authors and like, I had just published a book or I was in the, I was in the process of about to publish a, bu- a, a book, a poetry collection on the same press when we were approached about this and it really was like, okay, what are our ideas about what a book should look like? And and frankly, how can we break that? Right. Um, as far as like a nonfiction account. And so it had to be authentic to us. It had to be our voice. It had to be our style. Um, and also just keeping it, you know, 9,000, like, okay, we're going to be published on the big press. 
like we black as hell. <laughs> like we cuss, we make these references. Um, that's not a thing that we can compromise in our language specifically. Um, and that, that was like the big, big thing on the table. Like, what's going to be. And, and, and I don't want to say that to say that we got pushback on that, but like when we went into that process, like, okay, so <laughs> I don't know what the editing going to look like, but like, you know what I'm saying? If, 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 if I leave the G off the, off the, <laughs> like y'all got to roll with it, right? Like you got it. That's, that's, that's how we speak. And so I think for us, that part of it in terms of like visualizing, what we look like in a book form was probably one of the mm. the harder parts of of just making sure that we could stay authentic to ourselves. And then it was just like, all right, so now that we do that, like, what's what what are our bangers? <laughs> what what are our banger our banger <laughs> uh, posts? Whether they're we're pulling them from the website or some new stuff we wanted to work on. Um, and I think as we started to flesh out, then we started to kind of fill holes. It was like, oh, wow, I haven't talked about this yet. And I didn't talk about it on the website. So this would be perfect for the book. Because, you know, I'll let Omar take it. Like, we wanted to – there are obviously some archive stuff that we had written, you know, years ago or or previously that we were like, okay, if we put out a Blackner Problems book, this has to be in there. But we also wanted it to be fresh in terms of new stuff that we are bringing to the table. I was going to be a weakling. That's all I know. I was like, no, nah, it ain't going to be me. I ain't going to fuck it. We were, we, were, we were out here writing 20 pieces each. And like, all right, we'll do 20 pieces each and then we'll take 10 from each other. Um, man, it, it, it's fun. But it's also like when we got together in um, D.C. Because uh, he was in uh, Columbus, Ohio. I'm in uh, Brooklyn, New York. Uh, so we got together and it's a lot of people ask like, well, what? No, there's certain things like, oh, you didn't talk about like Ghost of Tsushima, like the game you love. And I was like, oh, well, I... It wasn't on my mind at the time. Like that was like my stress reliever when writing this book. So I didn't, <laughs> I didn't bring that into this book. But like it was a lot of um, like okay, what pieces fit here? Does this make sense? You know what I mean? I got a we got a cut, cutting room uh, a cutting room piece about uh, Peter Parker being the best rapper in Marvel universe. It didn't make the play. It didn't make the cut. It didn't make the cut. <laughs> you know, say like, for, for the greater good, it didn't make the cut. You know? But like um. <laughs> But yeah, it was like, all right, well, what, not only what things sync in the book, uh, does it make sense to you, but like also with each other, like, all right, well, Will's talking about the wire here. I might reference that a little earlier and like, oh, he's like, he's like fleshing it out more because he's talking about TV. So like little things that interconnect between each other. And also like there are parts where we're writing between each other as well. Like Will says a line, I say a line and, um, You're back right. going back and forth, mm -hmm. which we've basically done. Like it's, we're talking, it's like you're watching us talk with each other, not at each other. So, and, yeah. and if you're in a, a the reader, you don't feel like you're being like talked at. You're like part of a conversation that's happening, which I think is a really great thing about uh, how we both write. Yeah. I mean, you know, it is really a conversation and it's a fun one. Um, I mean, you know, it's not all fun and games though. I mean, you were bringing this book together um, during, as we know, one of the most pivotal moments in our lifetimes in terms of discussions of race in America and yeah. <laughs> a, a global pandemic, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, you know, and this ongoing trauma that we're all kind of living through. And one of the things I, I did find really unexpected and compelling, and, and this is probably because I was not as familiar with the platform, but the fact that this wasn't just a conversation about, you know, things that, you know, like these, these very niche kind of things, mm -hmm. like whether it be anime or, or, you know, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, or, you mm -hmm. know, there were also these very intimate and I think, you know, emotive conversation about being Black in America mm -hmm. and um, 
nerding while black, cosplaying while black, all these, all these things that, you know, we know exist, we experience on a day-to-day basis and we experience them so frequently. I think we just kind of like, you know, like, it's just, we kind of shrug. Um, In terms of kind of bringing that element into it, I guess what I want to ask is, is, you know, did it feel like a huge deviation to kind of like all of a sudden take this kind of like very serious and and very uh, emotional turn into some of these topics? Not to me. <laughs> this, this, every, this, every, this everyday life, baby. This what did uh, what did Sam Jackson say? What did Sam Jackson say to Leonardo DiCaprio when they were on the set of uh, the Django? Like this is a Tuesday for us, man. You gonna have to get it together, baby. I'll, yeah. I'll know what you want. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think that. Yeah, that's the kind of thing. I guess I yeah. was looking yeah. at. It's like you know, it's like we take these things for granted. Mm-hmm. But I guess when I'm thinking about like you know your audience, it's like I, you know, I was looking at. Um, William, you had an essay about, you know, being at this convention and, mm-hmm. and you're going to buy this sword, right? Like, you right. know, you're looking at this sword and, and tying it so directly to an incidence of police brutality, another state sanctioned murder. And, and, and you do kind of like rattle off this list and you're like, well, look, you know, this is like every day. Yeah. And it's yeah. kind of this, it's this moment in this otherwise, you know, this, this book that has a lot of levity, a lot of, you know, really hilarious and borderline ridiculous moments Mm -hmm. that is this kind of, it it actually, I think very parallels the black experience in America. Maybe that's what I'm saying is that, you know, we know that we live with a lot of joy and a lot of humor, (laughs) uh, you know, but we also live with this constant threat, this constant awareness. And I just thought to myself, I was like, wow, what a, strong correlation to have in this moment where you're doing something that's entirely recreational, entirely interest-based. So I, I was just interested in how fleshing that out, uh, sure. you know, for this and, and having that conversation, like how that played out for you. Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, a, a couple answers I have to that are, are one, you know, I don't know that we don't have to prove this thing, but I think it's important in that we are three dimensional, you know, <laughs> you know, 360 degree human beings. Right. And so we didn't necessarily, I mean, Omar and I write about these things, right? We, we, we write funny stuff. We write stuff that's, you know, that borders on absurdity and stuff, but we also, and this ties back to the website, we also write about things that are deeply personal to us um, that may have a strong nerd connection and maybe they don't. Right. Um, or have the faintest, hints of it. Mm-hmm. So we wanted to make sure that showed up in the book as well, because that's been in our writing previously. Um, I think the other thing, and I do this in a lot of my writing, whether it's in nonfiction or poetry or whatever, as being black in America, I don't want people to ever forget that there is an interruption of violence always looming in the background. Yeah. And so, you know, that incident where I go to, the convention and like it is an interrupting thought like i am basking in the joy of this very geeked out um environment and i'm just like ah man like someone got killed for this um for less than this and it is so ridiculously commonplace and i think even you know whether it's a meta for the book or just in that essay i am very strong believer of being like yeah y'all see us laughing and joking now but like I feel very much that like if I'm going to go, you know, pick up my daughter later on today and 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 a cop turns from a side street behind me, there's a bre- there's a breach of anxiety there, right? Mm-hmm. And I think I don't want people to ever forget that. <laughs> because <laughs> I live with it every day. Um mm-hmm. 
And I don't want you to ever think that that's not a thing. Um, and so I think that's one of the things I really wanted to show up in the essay. And I think hopefully it shows up in the book that way where we are, you know, I, I, the big thing I want people to get away from the book is that Omar and I are having a very good time, right? And, you know, talking about these things and sharing them with the reader. Um, but at the same time, our life is in there. Yeah. And part of our life is like recognizing the the social dynamics that go on around us. And so I think it was important to both of us to have those elements, you know, exist within the book. We knew that like it wouldn't just be like black folk reading the book as well. And so I think for me, what I like about it is like, oh, like if you're reading this book and you're let's say you're non black POC or you're you're a white person or whatever, it's cool. Like, all right, but like, oh, wow, like just for going to think of like buying a prop cosplay sword or whatever, you have this looming over you. Yeah, yeah, this this is like, despite what you may believe, racism and like profiling can come in every which way, even in this nerd game, man. Must be nice that you don't have to think about this, but this is the reality we live with. This is the reality your friends live with. This is the reality of other nerds uh, of color uh, live with. Um, I made a meme a, lo a really long time ago about, you know, you know who Miles Morales is, right? The... Yeah. And so yeah. like Peter Parker, yeah, yes. Peter Parker <laughs> talking to Miles Morales and Peter Parker is like, all right, so Spider-Man 101, you got a spider sense that alerts you a danger. And Miles saying, does it ever turn off? And he's like, no, it's just supposed to, why would it be? Key? Oh, oh, oh wait, for you, it's on a lot because yeah, like you're black because <laughs> that, it, and that is what it's like, man. You're always conscious of these, like, you always have to be conscious of that. Even if you want to enjoy like this nerd space, we're like, oh man. It could be relaxing, but in the back of your mind, like, I can't get too relaxed because, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. And that was really important to have um, Term Really Glad element that we have in a book. Like, yeah, it's, it's fun, but like, we're going to touch on the parts that aren't so fun as well. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. I mean, well, you touch on a lot. I mean, you, the scope here is huge. I mean, you, you touch on everything from, you know, Mad Men to Hamilton <laughs> to, you know, <laughs> Mad Men to X-Men. We're doing yeah. the whole thing. Yeah. Like, yeah. Nice. Like, and and I, I love that because, you know, while I'm not a comic person, like I watched Mad Men from front to hey. back. You oh, know, you, you Hamilton. Too. I, there's I'm like, a musical like theater nerd, so I'm like, yeah. you know, I'm like, okay, you know, so like, this is a conversation I can have. Um, and, you know, and then there's also these, these critiques. I think, you know, we here at The Root go through the exact same thing, you know, as, as a culture editor here at The Root, this, I think the representation conversation is really interesting when we talk about um, Black criticism. Like, mm -hmm. that was one of the things that really struck me in this book, because it's something we go through here at The Root all the time, like, who gets to critique Black art? How are we able to critique it? And because there's this dearth of representation, there always has been, right? You know, are we obligated to unconditionally support things? Mm -hmm. 
Um, and I love that it came up here because I think, you know, it's a conversation we have to keep having in order for the art. I think we have to mm-hmm. critique our art for it to continue to improve. And I don't think that a lack of representation is an excuse to have, you know, a, a whole universe of Tyler Perry movies. No shade. Shade. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> is there, oh my God, is there a Tyler Perry cinematic universe? Uh, technically, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Is it connected? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, I know man. that. I know that. Is there, okay, okay, okay. Here's what I, please, we do not have to keep talking about Tyler Perry. But a question I do have, is there like a Thanos of the Tyler Perry? Like, is there is there a big bad that exists across like multiple movies? Would it be Medea? Uh, Medea. Oh my God, yeah. Medea. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I walked into that one. But I also have like no Tyler Perry knowledge. See, now see, there's an essay for the next it book, is, right? It really is. <laughs> you know, I think I, think I got to, I have to point out. So, you know, our listeners know that we uh, take these mm-hmm. interviews over Zoom <laughs> because we like to try to have as much of a face-to-face conversation <laughs> as possible, as much as Zoom will allow. Um, and I have to point out that Omar is wearing a oh. really genius shirt right now. Uh, oh, yeah, I'll give you a hold on. It yeah, yeah, is yeah. Storm. Yeah. Yes, this is hot. It's, it's Storm. I'm going to try to describe this as best as possible. Basically, it's Storm giving a weather report. Uh, Storm as in X-Men Storm. And, of course, this brings us back to a deep debate that has been going on for oh, years and years and years. Mm. Let's go. Yeah, let's do it. And you get into it in the book, and I love it because, you know, I, yeah. I love it. Um, I love it with all the light skin love oh, I can give oh, it. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> I, I, know, I know what it's going to ask it. And I want to I do a little preface before Will answers. <laughs> the chapter is called For Dark uh-huh. Girls Who Never Get to Play Storm. Mm-hmm. And uh, I have two questions here, you know, because I think this is such an ongoing <laughs> d- debate. And by the way, I agree with you entirely. Um, who would we like to see? Okay. Ooh. Oh, uh, my Ooh. answer is um, Restina Wesley. I believe she's in Queen Sugar. She was on an episode of Arrow. That's where I first saw her. Hopefully I'm saying her name correctly. Okay. Routina, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh, yeah, she was uh-huh. in uh, True Blood, too. True Blood as well. And mm-hmm. Or the lady Something from... Uh, from um, she was in American God. She played... Uh, that, that's my answer. Yeah. Oh, my fault. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I'm just... That's my, that's, that's that's my first answer. Um, Yatiti Badaki. Badaki. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be my number one. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't hold on. Did someone just get cast for Wakanda? Was it uh Michaela Cole? I'm not sure. I think she did, but uh, Bakagi is still my my number yeah. one. Um, I mean, so in terms of like just answering your question about the, or, or 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 speaking about that, Storm is the big one, right? Like Storm is the big one. Let's like go. the Storm Storm is such an avatar for like black women superheroes right like if you 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 can't there's like even people that don't know anything about or not interested in superheroes whatsoever if you ask them to name five black superheroes like storm is going to be on that list right and even i will admit that the the skin tone debate is really brought on by what the movies have given us. And like, here's, here's, here's also like, if we're going to keep it so a hundred percent, like the chapter is about storm, man, this, we could talk about the MCU. Come on. Because every time they introduce a black woman who is a love interest of someone else, Mm -hmm. 
she 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 ain't dark. Mm-hmm. Let's just say that. She ain't dark. And we know that as a Hollywood thing, right? We know that as a as a discrimination against darker women, right? Like you Yeah, we just saw this, right? With the harder they fall, we just saw this. <laughs> oh, oh, dude. Oh. Ooh, I didn't even see that. Check my yet. blood pressure. Ooh. Do I want to talk about this? Ooh. No, 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 man. Let's get into it. It's not look, a book. We can look. do it. So, so here's, <laughs> and I like, I like, I like as a, as a as a performer, I like ZZB's a lot, right? Mm-hmm. But here's the thing, mm-hmm. like, if you want to tell me, Regina's King characters, is it Trudy? Yeah, Trudy in the char- in the in the movie, right? If you want to tell me that Stagecoach Mary, I'm sorry, I'm giving spoilers. I hope oh. y'all seen this, but oh, I'm gonna, like a month. Oh man. It's okay. been out. Um, uh, I, if you're I'll telling deal. me, I mean, like, I'm, I'm going to make it vague, but okay. you'll get it. If you're telling me that Stagecoach Mary can beat Trudy in a fight, okay. But you ain't going to tell me that Zazie Beast is beating Regina King in a fight. <laughs> so, so that's a problem for me. That's a problem for me. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's a real problem for me. Yeah, so that was the bigger problem but it ties into that, right? Mm-hmm. It ties into that because it does. it does. It does because you have made you have made her character the more virtuous one, the victorious. Yeah, one, yeah, yeah. Right? She the more desirable, yeah. one. the desirable yes. one. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, and I thought mm-hmm. it was kind of weird. And again, you know, it could go a lot of different ways, but like, even there's like a hint of a romantic relationship between like Regina uh, King's character right. and Idris, but like nothing on the level of, you know, Jonathan Major's AGB. So it's, it's weird because that's the only real affection that we have in the movie. Um, and so, yeah, you've made her the desirable one, right? The, the, the one that's in a romantic involvement with the protagonist of the film. And she's the victor. Um, mm-hmm. and the only one, even when you look at all those photos, like no one looks exactly like, you know, the original person that these people were, but she's but the Aisha one that's the- Hines was right there. Was right. <laughs> oh my God. Like it was a very deliberate choice was made. Uh-huh. So yes. I think, you know, when we're talking about this and it usually comes down to, is this person going to be in an affectionate situation on screen? Yeah. And that's yeah. a problem. Uh-huh. That's yeah. a problem. So I think that is perfect. That is, that is a Hollywood issue. That is an MCU issue. That is a media issue, period. Right. So going with Storm, Storm, then, then you go to Storm and the Storm's an icon, right? Storm's an icon. And, you know, the title of that essay kind of just befits like the whole mythos of it of just like, why aren't, <laughs> why aren't darker skinned women? given these opportunities right? right and like we're at we're, we're at, we, we know what the answer to that is but but really is saying this needs to stop this needs to be addressed um and well, storm, how long storm we have to have that conversation because we've been having it for a minute really mm-hmm. yeah but this happens i mean and you would think you would think with the amount of scrutiny that is instant and present on these kind of things mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. to be a change, and like the harder we fall, kind of proves that. Like you know, like it wasn't that long ago we went through this with Zoe down and and and, and Nina, right? Yep. yep. So Listen. like, so you would think, and and especially in this this day and time, like we get we get casting news so early, right? Like I I just I don't know what it looked like. I can't remember what it looked like ten years ago, 
but it wasn't this, right? We didn't hear about someone getting cast for a role, you know, a year before the film, uh-huh. you know, gets like shot <laughs> and then mm-hmm. another year and a half mm-hmm. of post-production. Like we never had this information this early. And so you would think there'd be more scrutiny on this. And obviously it kind of proves we're just not there. Uh-huh. We're just not there. I mean, I think that's fair. I think that's fair to say, you know, as a, as an assessment, but it's not fair in the general scheme of things, Absolutely you know. Not, For yeah. the record, my choice would be Michaela Cole as well. Uh-huh. I'm also a huge fan of Sheila Team, uh, yeah. who who's in Bruised opposite Halle Berry. Yeah. So, I'm, you know, which brings us full circle with the storm <laughs> <laughs> moment. <laughs> Another woman I'm not sure should have played. Pour, pour out some. <laughs> here's, so, you know, after years and I years. I love Halle. Here's, here's where I'm at. Here's where I'm at with it. I like, and I think I wrote about this a long time ago. Um, I think it's a situation where back then, Holly can't really say no to that role. Yeah, yeah. no, you're right. You know you're what right. I'm saying? Like, yeah. it's like Catwoman. Yeah, she uh, can't. Yeah, uh, right? you, ooh, ooh, you could, you could have said okay, no but, to Catwoman. But, but let's 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 keep it real. Holly couldn't really say no to that role either. Like, uh, she could now. Yeah, and like, right. I think even even actresses that are not of Holly stature. Right, because mm-hmm. who who was it that turned down Shuri to be a Black Steinberg? To, yeah, like there is much more agency, and like, and I think the the bottom line is one you can be you can recognize what the social climate of the thing is, and two, like Steinberg got other gigs coming, mm-hmm. right? right. And, and like, not that Holly didn't have other gigs coming, but that was like when she was Storm was at the time the biggest role she'd ever had, right? Mm-hmm. Like we can we've made cult classics out of things that Holly was in. But like there was never something that had the kind of budget that X Men did when going into it, blah blah blah. Right. So right. I I have softened on the fact that Holly had to take that role. Like they were like, even if it maybe should have gone to Angela Bass. Oh, it's absolutely, oh, yeah. absolutely. But but I mean, and it's funny because Holly's obviously <laughs> older now, right? Because yes. of so many years yes. removed. But we ain't even talked about ageism, right? So mm-hmm. like, right. That's, that's a whole yeah. other thing. Um. I, I think about that now of just being like, Holly kind of had to take that role because I'm quite sure they were not like, okay, so Storm, we need someone who was a former African goddess queen, you know, all these other <laughs> things. We need to, we need to nail down all these things. We were like, we need a really pretty black woman. Who, who, who is the really pretty black woman that we can get to be in this movie? Oh, Holly Berry. Like, like that's, right. that's probably right. how that happened. Right. Now she was terrible in it. I love you, Holly. She was terrible in it. Um, <laughs> and it was written terribly and everything else like that. Like the wheels mm-hmm. fall off. But I do think she kind of had to take that role in the time. Okay. Fair assessment. Now, Omar, I have a question yeah. for you. And this is this is for you specifically oh, man. because, you know, you were very passionate um, in, the, in the audiobook version of this chapter. And I, I it's funny because this film that I'm about to reference comes up in the, in the subsequent ca- chapter. But are you really going to tell me that you think you could survive Candyman? <laughs> oh, the horror film shit! Oh, I, I, was, I thought it was going to be Cars Three. I was like, I didn't mention Cars Three and this. What? what, what okay. Oh, surviving horror. Yeah, don't, don't put me. I haven't. I have. I have yet to see the new one. But if the premise is still the same, that I gotta be alone in a bathroom in front of a mirror saying his name five times. That's the easiest one to avoid. I ain't doing that shit. I ain't doing it. I, that, not that, that's not me. That's not me. 
That's not me. Like, Omar's like, you need to follow a different character. Exactly. Because oh, I'm right. not the dude. That you can you can tell me about this. You can tell me this thing happens. And when I don't see Kareem the next day, like, oh, I guess he did that shit. There's my proof. Like, I don't need to be there for it. It's the same premise with the ring. Oh, you watch this tape. Stop that. It's 2021. I'm not watching a VHS tape. <laughs> Was someone alive to even convert it to DVD? I'm not watching that. Is it streaming on platforms? I'm not watching that. Nah, the premise is done. Nah. No. Sorry. It's streaming, it's streaming on Apple and I'm already capped. I can't get Apple now. Nah, man. I got too many subscriptions. Now, I can't. No. Sorry. Nah. You know, what I love about this conversation is it really does demonstrate that there's such a broad scope <laughs> of, of nerddom to mine here <laughs> in terms of pop culture. There's so much here uh, for us to dig into. Um, and I, I really highly recommend that people get into this book because I do think there's something for everyone. Because I, I kind of approach it like, okay, I mean, I'm nerdy about some things, but I mean, I did not expect to feel spoken mm-hmm. to in this way. <laughs> so here's, I guess here's the question. I mean, you know, uh, um, granted, you just put this out <laughs> in September, but what's next for, for Black Ooh. nerds and, and their problems? What's, what's next for you guys? Ah, did the website, I mean, you did the book. I mean, I feel there's one more media that we could try to conquer into, but the NDA says separately. Okay, fair. What I'm saying. Fair. I mean, I think, you know, I think we definitely, like, in, in any shape or form, we definitely want to do more with video. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, video content, things of that nature. Um, and I don't know. I think there's just so much more to mine, right? I think kind of like... In terms of subject matter, but also how we how we do that. So in terms of we you know, we do more streaming and things like that, because I always said this about our group, Black Nerd Problems, like the writers that we have on staff, and you know I would hope that this applies to Omar and I as well. In that, like, our strength is in our personalities to be out in front of folks, and I I think we have a lot of fun doing that, mm-hmm. right? And I think the writing does that a lot, but Omar and I get complimented or we get the comment on folks just seeing themselves represented in us, right? When we're gone here and be our, our full nerdy selves. And so just trying to find more ways to do that because I, I do think it's been really uplifting to see folks identify with it in this way mm-hmm. and not scared to put themselves out there in this way. Mm-hmm. Thoughts on Anything, anything. Well, always says everything I'm thinking. I just, I just, I just look pretty and nod like, yeah, that's it. What else? What else you want? What else you want, huh? In the meantime, you get these store memes. You get these great ass articles for the website. You get these videos from Tiffy Starchild. You can watch us streaming, baby. Yeah, we on Twitch too. Whole week on Twitch, man. That's what you want. What do you need? What do you want? We can do it for you. We can get it. Ooh, this is a Diddy reference to that video where he was slamming the phone down, talking about how he's got to get it. He's a savage. We nerd savages You're out like here. You're like the ultimate hype man. Yeah, that's right. the ultimate that's, hype yeah. man. <laughs> I mean, so so basically, we could be looking at the beginnings of, you know, we're seeing the beginnings of the BNP cinematic universe. <laughs> accurate. <sounds> like. <laughs> Very accurate. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm here for it. I'm here for the book, Black Nerd Problems. And I'm here, honestly, I'm, I'm here for leaning into my my Black nerddom. I, this really- uh, Please do. Do it. Brought me to some places. I, 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 I hope I'm now considered an honorary Black nerd. Absolutely. I do not know how to play spades, so there's that. Um, You're not missing learn. out. <laughs> Let me tell you something. 
William Evans and Omar Holman, thank you so much thank for joining you. us. Thank you so having much. This conversation has been hilarious, and I'm so glad that we <laughs> made it happen. <laughs> Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with BiteClear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. BiteClear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The Root Presents It's Lit is produced by myself, Maisha Kai, and Michaela Heck. Our sound engineer is Ryan Allen. Our theme song was penned by yours truly and producer Scott Jacoby. If you like the show and want to help us out, please give us a rating on Apple Podcasts. It really, really helps us out, and we appreciate your feedback so much. Now, if you have any thoughts or feedback, you can always find me on Twitter at Maisha, that's M-A-I-Y-S-H-A, and at Maisha Kai on Instagram. And before we go, we always like to talk a little bit about what we're currently into you know, and since it's the holiday season, I've been giving you guys gift ideas and I treated myself. This is the season to treat yourself. Tis the season to treat yourself. I think that's how I'm going to say it. Yes, tis the season to treat yourself. And I treated myself to a huge, amazing cookbook called Black Food. It's edited by Bryant Terry. And, you know, I, I, listen, we know in our communities how important food is and, and how culturally specific it is. And I love this book. I love the history. I love the recipes. I love the cover, the graphics. And I think, you know, if you're looking for something special to give or to get, Black Food is the book for you. So I highly recommend. But that's it for this week. Thank you so much for listening and we will see you next week. In the meantime, you know what to do. Keep it lit.